Well, good morning once again. My name is Michael Collier. It is a joy to welcome you to church. Um, for those that have arrived during the worship or joining us online, thank you so much for spending your Sunday morning with us. Can you please help me thank Matt and the team for leading us in worship so wonderfully again? We're going across to our uh, to Kingfisher FM now. We're joined online on Facebook and YouTube from around the uh, from around the world. So, church in the building, can you please also help me welcome everyone joining us online and on Kingfisher FM <clears throat> radio? So, we're going to be continuing with our true story series as we have done for the whole month of November. But before we get there. You may be wondering why it is Michael here and Pastor George in the front row and not the other way around. So over the last two years, uh, Pastor George has established a leadership structure here at Father's House with an emphasis on a healthy team. And in vulnerability, Pastor George has expressed to that leadership team that the last few years have taken a toll on him on a personal level. And so Pastor George has requested to step back from leading the church to, allow, uh, to avoid burnout and allow for personal health. And so after some prayerful consideration and some consultation, we've advised that or proposed that Pastor George take six months off leading and preaching to recover and restore his health and his strength. So Pastor George, we honor you for your vulnerability. We thank you for your leadership of this church right up to this point and continuing. And uh, we, we thank you for everything you've done here. So over the last two years, um, the day-to-day -day leadership of the local church here in Nelson Mandela Bay has been under Vincent and myself. And so the running of the local church will continue as normal. And we invite you as our church to pray for Pastor George, to pray for the leadership and the staff, and to pray for your church during this time as we continue to trust God to be a light unto the world. And we take a moment to, oh, thank you. Can we take a moment to pray and to commit this to God in prayer? So Father, we thank you that this is your church and Jesus, you are the head. You give life to it. And not only are you the head, but you are also the firm foundation on which we stand, an immovable, unshakable rock. And so we thank you that we have the privilege of being your salt and light into all the world. We thank you for Pastor George. We thank you for his leadership. We thank you for his vulnerability, for everything that he has done and continues to do in service of you. We pray that you would restore him and refresh him as he has refreshed and restored so many others. We pray for Vincent, myself, the leadership team and the staff, that you would strengthen us, that we would be confident knowing that you are with us. We thank you that you strengthen us and you have considered us trustworthy to appoint us to your service. We thank you for this church, your church. We pray that together with you and led by your spirit, we would continue to shine the light of Jesus Christ, the good news of the gospel into all the world. And so we commit ourselves to you and to your service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. And so we're going to transition now into the clip for today. So thank you to every single person who has shared their true story with us this, over the last month or so. Psalm 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. So thank you to every person who has shared their story. This morning's uh, true story comes from Neville. He, I saw him here earlier. There he is with his family. Thank you, Neville. Um, Neville's story is one of a man who has wrestled with God throughout his life and found the blessing of God on the other side of surrender to God. 
And so I trust that the clip will be encouraging to you. And then Vincent will come up to share a, a message. So over to the seven-minute clip. Enjoy the rest of the service. I, I, I think, Pastor, I think the focus on... Um, I can't tell the drug story. I can't tell the story that I was homeless because of drugs while being married. Uh, I can't wow. tell the story of us going through drug, drug addiction, my wife and I, um, when she was pregnant with my youngest. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, my son himself, he's, he's a miracle. He's a miracle. And, and I think that was our biggest fear. And through it all, um, and not to focus too much on the drug side of things, but to focus on the God in, a, in it all. And Jaden was born when Allison and I think I fitted into a 28 jeans. Um, a nightcap had to have a safety pin to just go over my head. So my head was probably about this size, okay? Um, my wife then, in wisdom, uh, rented out our house at the time. And her and the kids then moved to my, to my in-laws. And yeah, I think that's where the, whole, the search came in. You know, there has to be more to life than this. The fact that a bad space would be an understatement of where we were. Um, I was doing, what, two, three grams of tuck a day, um, running the streets of Cape Town, not sleeping for four to five days. Yeah. And this coming from a, from a Christian background, this, this coming from growing up, you know, when people say that you are born converted, um, we were the family in the front row, you know. Taking it that I come from a very religious background, not in a, a relation. So for me, it was very religious, you know. There's certain ways, and, and we were Pentecostal, you know. Okay. We were oh, very Pentecostal, okay. you know. <laughs> so we were very charismatic, and it was all about the show. The problem that I had with that is that the show ended after church. And that made me question the God of the religion. And with Alison, on the other hand, I think we were both just searching. I think we were both just searching for something more. Like I said to you earlier, my life was all about surviving, you know? And when I said to my mom, I want to live, um, I never thought that I would find that life in Christ. This is the exciting part of the story. So, in February this year, okay, whew, um, okay, February this year, on a Sunday, I had a rope around my neck. Okay. Um, and this wasn't based on money or, because remember, that was my primary focus in life. You know, I was chasing money. I was chasing the dream, you know? Yeah. And in February, on a Sunday afternoon, I was crying out to God. I said, you know what, there has to be more to this life, man. I've, I've had it all, I've lost it all. Had it all, lost it all. Like, I, I'm good at losing and then picking up again. There has to be more to life than this. And, and I said to God, you know what, let's come, to, a con let's come to, to, to an agreement. Let me take this. Let me, let me call it for you, because clearly I'm your yo-yo. So I'm tired of being a yo-yo because I can't take my family through this all the time. And that is the word, the word the Lord gave me. I've never asked you to give up. 
I've just asked you to give over. Proverbs 3 verse 5. Submit your ways unto the Lord. Yeah. And submission was not something that I was accustomed to. Okay. It was not something I was accustomed to. Even being on the streets, I refused to give up. Um, still, you know, in my own strength, went for help. Because of your own life. Yeah, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I know the word. I, I can quote the word. I can reference scripture. I know all of it. You know, I know, I know going through the emotions. You know, I know, I know church. I know church. Let, let's put it like that. But I never knew God in a relational manner. It was never a reality for me until this year. Until this year. Mm. And probably if my family had to sit here right now, um, it's probably been the best year of my life. Um, and he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So we quoted the scripture like it, it's, it's, it's a nursery rhyme. Yeah. And that is what we did. When you give over, so it means that you seek him now because you've given yourself to him. And we started seeking God. Like really, for once and for all, for real, started seeking God. And Pastor, the, the, I think, it's, it's evident, without any arrogance, it's evident in my family. Um, my boys are in youth. I never thought that would happen. My boys hate the church. They are in service every Sunday with us as a family. Um, we were the guys, you know, um, as soon as possible, and I'm funny here say, we are gone. <laughs> um, and I think we found a community. Yeah. And I think that community could have only been established in God. And it's God, Pastor. Yeah. I, you, you know, I, I, I never thought that I would be that guy that says, Yara, it's God. And you know, I always, I used to get irritated by people. You say something. Yeah, yeah, it's Yara. And, and then I realized, my wife said to me, you want to know those Jesus people now, eh? And I said, but that's the reality of who we are. You know, it's, it's the fact that all of this, all that we are, all that we have, as putting him first and seeking him first. Everybody looks, and if I had to tell anybody right now that 15 years ago I was homeless, everybody would look at me like, what? Impossible? Um, but there's always more to the story. And, and I think that's what my family and I are starting to unpack. Yes, we have been through the hardships. Yes, we have been through the abuses. Yes, we have been through, through the mishaps of life because of our own decisions. But if I look at the grace applied today, that's what we're unpacking now. I think we passed the point of where we, 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 we focus on where we've been through and understand what carried us through it. Excellent, that's great. Thanks, Neville. That's really powerful. There's a story about um, a guy who goes riding a bike, motorbike for the first time. He'd never ridden a motorbike. And um, he bought one and went with a friend of his and afterwards said, it's like having a roller coaster under you. This is so exhilarating. It's so amazing. And the guy who's always been riding said, now you know. Now you know. So that was like that moment for never was, now you know. Well, thank you so much. Uh, for being in church with us today. 
My name is Vince. I have the privilege of preaching today. It really is a privilege to worship with you, to call you family, and to share a message. It's really a great privilege. And I wanted to, to jump onto something that Neville said in that clip today and ask you some important questions. Now, I'm going to be honest with you to say, I'm preaching to myself today. Is that okay? <laughs> I'm preaching to myself today. But... Um, I also wanted to say, I've been part of Father's House for 12 years now, and I never, I never thought it would end up like this, I guess. So it's a great privilege for us, and I wanted to honor Pastor George for the journey that he's had in my life personally as well, up to this point and going forward. Uh, and I'm wearing the shirt that I bought when I joined staff at Father's House. So just to honor that moment. <laughs> and... Uh, just aware that I love this church, and so does George love this church. We love you, George, and uh, we're grateful for even just the opportunity to stand before you and preach. It really is such a, such a privilege to be able to do that. Um, so I hope that today challenges you. I'll be really honest. And I, I might, it's quarter two. I, I'm going to ask for like one or two extra minutes already, if that's okay. Because <laughs> I want us to pray for some people today. Is that okay? I'm just going to put it out there. We need to pray for some people today. And if that's you, if you know that you came to church today looking for something, looking for something, just lay a hand on you just to see you. Uh, I want to just let you relax right now. There might be a possibility that we're going to invite to pray for you. So I'm Vince. I have a family, a beautiful wife in front here, Cherise Swanapu. <laughs> I am not recently married, I'll be honest. Uh, um, I'm now into the recently uh, happily married. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those first few years, you tolerate each other, but now you're just honest with each other. You're like, yeah, well, don't do it. Actually, so, I joke. I joke. Sorry, Michael, for taking your joke. Um, that's your yesterday. Uh, we put up our Christmas tree. Now, uh, we don't worship the tree. We don't bow down before it, obviously. So we put up the tree, and then you know things got a bit chaotic. So we're like, let's just put up the tree. Don't even decorate it. This morning, my youngest daughter Vida, at 5 a.m., she runs into the room. She's, got, she's looking for her Christmas hat. It's Christmas! She runs into. <laughs> and we're like, no, 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 it's not Christmas day. <laughs> so her excited uh, nature about that. So amazing. So what I wanted to ask you today is, I'm going to use that, by the way, just that little story. What Neville had when he spoke about that moment, he said, uh, in February, I had a rope around my neck. That's hectic. And, but he says, I can't take my family through this all the time. And maybe there's some things you've been going through all the time, and there's some things that you're looking back on, and when you look ahead... You're like, I don't want to go through that again. And you have a fear of the future. There's something ahead of you that is paralyzing you in the present. What are you afraid of? Are you maybe on autopilot? Because what happens when we have something that we're even looking at behind us or something that's scaring us in front of us, you're paralyzed in the present and you... Maybe just select autopilot and you just go through your days and drift because you feel powerless to change it. Maybe you feel power, powerless and on autopilot in your marriage, in your work. I don't know where I'm going. 
Maybe you're facing retirement and you don't know, you have a fear about that. You're just on autopilot until that happens. Maybe you're on autopilot when it comes to living a holy and righteous life. There's so many things. There's a mountain in front of you. Like, how do I, how do I, how do I, how do I climb that? And you feel powerless and almost out of control. A few months, nine or 10 months ago, Sharice and I put an offer on a home. Uh, we wanted to expand our space a little bit. We're happily living in a townhouse. Uh, hello, townhouse family. <laughs> that, uh, I, would, I took care of the pool there. We loved it there. We wanted to have people in our home, wanted to have family be able to stay over with us. So we made a leap of faith and I thought, yes, this is it. It's great. But then something struck me. The last time I made a move like this, I, I purchased, we purchased a home in Parsons Hill. And the first six months were fine. And then after six months, we had like four break-ins. Boom, boom, boom. So now that we moved to this home, it's like a dream home for us. I love making it our space. Uh, the first six months, I was like, just, it's gonna, you know, six months, and then it's gonna happen. And then a few months ago, uh, I got a notification on my phone, alarm, at number what, 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 what? And I was like, yeah, you know, it's obvious now. And I couldn't enjoy those first six months in the home because I was just waiting for that call. Because as soon as I think I have something that God has wanted for me and led me to, I feel like it's going to get spoiled. And I just, I just actually took away all the joy and love from enjoying in full this blessing. So when we fear something in the future, we strip today of its joy and thanksgiving. You know, when Vida ran in, it's Christmas. You know, we want to be like that. This morning, I'll tell you another funny story, by the way. We got you this morning, and somebody said, something smells. <laughs> and what was happening is there was, like, some dead animal. I'm sorry. Like a bird. It's a bird. <laughs> and some of the bird's vibe was flowing into, like, the stormwater drain. And the aircon, praise God, was drawing up some of the <laughs> and releasing it. Here, yeah, so I went to Bree and I said, Bree, get spray, spray it everywhere. And Zander and I got to get, we, we, got, like, we got some chlorine and we just threw it down the drain. Finally, Kieran found the animal and we had to remove the animal. Thank you, Sean and Kieran. And then we're just throwing stuff down the drain there. But you know, sometimes we suck up fears of the future. And it just releases something in our present that's just so terrible. And we have to make a real effort to cut off that which is being drawn up in the spirit of fear. We really do suffer from a spiritual paralysis sometimes, unable to live fully now. Raise our hands fully now. Give thanks fully now. Embrace fully now. Either living in the past or we're living in the future. And we've seen how the enemy can depress us in the present by getting us to concentrate our gaze on the past. Oh, that happened. I'll do. Living in the past and dwelling in the past, and as we do, we become what I call spiritually depressed. But if that fails, you can anticipate that the enemy will turn your gaze now to the future. What if this happens again? What if that gets taken away? What if you don't get healthy again? And this procedure, he takes you know, makes us look to the future in a fearful manner. 
So the verse that we're going to look at today, we're going to consider the case of us who might be stagnant or in a place of spiritual indecision or I don't know where, what to do. I'm out of control when it comes to this specific thing. You're afraid of the future. So some, just when we are healed from the past, our sins forgiven, we immediately go and we talk about the future. We've just reconciled with our marriage, just reconciled something with a friend, but then we fear a repeat. We're forgiven, praise God, but then we consider, when we hear that God promises to restore the years that the locusts have eaten, we go, how on earth, Lord, are you gonna do that? And we're just paralyzed. So I wanna put a statement uh, on here. How, how are you engaging with the future? How are you doing? Excited, hopeful, blessed, or, ah, oh, is there something lying ahead of you that is scaring you now? You see, some examples might be that, you know, you fear the unknown with respect to your health. You have an imaginary fear, something might happen. I can tell you, for the first few years of my children's lives, I was absolutely paralyzed at the thought of losing one of my children. It was all-consuming. It would steal the moment I would have with them and make me respond in a fearful way by embracing them. Oh. I would hear stories of people who lose their children, then the enemy would whisper, that's your story one day. How? Terrible. And you can come under the blankets of that fear. It's so terrible. So, I wanted to say this to you. All fear is a negative expectation of the future. All fear is a negative expectation of the future. A fear of losing something. And it's possible for these things to grip us to such an extent that it can paralyze us completely now, absorbed, gripped, bound. The future is not something to fear, though. It is something to create. You're going to create some future, but it's not something to fear. It's something to create. And Christians create favored futures. Christians create favored or favorable futures, blessed futures. Look at Jeremiah 17, verse 7. But blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. Today, I want to empower us together to create a blessed future. Here, in your church, in your family, in your workplace, in your communities, and around the world, a believer creates a blessed future. Amen? I know I, know I started off with a sort of fear vibe, but we're going to pick it up now. Is that Okay. Are you coming with me? Are you coming with me? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to share this with you. And you know what? We can. We can create a blessed future. Because the title of the message today is because of this. Because you are not an ordinary person. Because you are not an ordinary person. That's the title of today's message. It'll be somewhere, I guess. And I'd like to take a passage of Scripture to prove that to you to guide you on how we ought to engage with the future. It's this, 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, 
but of power and love and of a sound mind. Who sang that song in Sunday school? For God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of love. Ah, there's a Methodist here somewhere. And <laughs> sound mind, yes. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, there's some Methodist uh, people here. You must have sung that. Oh, maybe you're from the church I sang it in. Maybe you only sang it there. <laughs> you are not an ordinary person. This is what we've got, amen? So this passage of Scripture is so powerful. And I'd like to take this passage apart just a little bit because in my own life I've realized the more I know the Word of God, the less I fear any situation because the Word is my defense, my resource, and my capital in my back pocket. It is my resource. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This letter, 2 Timothy, was written to Timothy, a person, like a pastor stroke evangelist person. And he was really wrestling with some fears because Nero, you might have read about him or he might have asked you to update your firewall or, or something. He's not alive. Uh, but he was persecuting all the Christians and he was blaming them for everything that was going wrong uh, in that area of the world. And Timothy was gripped by fear. What if I get persecuted? What if I don't know what to do? What if I can't lead properly? He was gripped by this. And Paul wrote this letter to put him right with respect to the future. Paul challenges Timothy to persevere and to love the gospel, even to suffer for it if it came to that. So that's the context of this book and I'm going to refer back to it the whole time. And you might say, Vince, what about planning for the future? Surely we should do that. Yes, plan for the future, but there's a difference between prudent planning versus paralyzing worry. And I want to draw the line there for you of what that is. Think of the future, yes. Worry, no. We plow, we sow, we water, and we wait. It is very right to think about the future, but it is wrong to be controlled by the future. It is right for us to think about it, but not be controlled by it. So Paul's saying, Timothy, think about it, yeah. That's gonna happen, you're gonna see it coming. But don't be controlled by it, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So this passage of scripture, firstly to Timothy, is a reprimand. It's a bit of discipline. Timothy, have you forgotten? God has not given. Oh, that word given. Freely he has given. Freely we receive. I do not make God give me the Holy Spirit the more or less I do something. It is given. And Paul is reprimanding somebody, hey, hey, whoa, whoa. Have you forgotten what you have been given? You are given the Holy Spirit. The reprimand comes because of a failure to realize what God has given in the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's a failure to realize what God has done for us and in us. So it's a failure to stir up, to remind yourself. When I, when I shared this with Sharice, he said, are you gonna tell people to have other people to stir up the thing that's in them? Yes, but you must stir it up in you. God has given me His Holy Spirit. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Remind yourself of who you are. Get a grip and speak to yourself. Vincent, you have the Holy Spirit. 
You are not an ordinary person. And you, you are not an ordinary person. That's the reprimand. Secondly, Paul is using this as a reminder. A reminder to Timothy. Timothy, you're not an ordinary person. You are a Christian. But like everyone else, we allow the future to come to us and dominate us. You face the mountain, you look at it, and you can't seem to see the point of even starting. It's just insurmountable. You just let the future happen to you. But our outlook must be different. We have a new way to be human. We face it all while reminding ourselves we have been given the Holy Spirit of God. We have got to face the future in a new way. We face it by reminding ourselves that the Spirit is in us. But now we see things coming. You might see something coming. It's a health thing, a work thing, a future thing. I don't know what it is. You see it coming. And then you look to yourself and you go, uh, I'm out of, I don't know how to control this. But, and that but is when we do what the Apostle Paul wants us to do is to say, all that is true. I see the future coming with this or with that. I see that I'm incapable of doing this or that or controlling it. But the Spirit God has given me is the Holy Spirit. And the moment I say that, our whole outlook should change. We have to learn to say the following. It, is, it does not matter what is true about me, but what is true about God. It doesn't matter what is true about the circumstance or about me. What matters is what is true about God. That is the reminder. Remind yourself what is true about God. Let your life not be shrunken down to the size of your problems. Come on, lift your eyes up with me. Give thanks to God who is mighty and sovereign over it all. Now, what spirit has God given us? So we've looked at the givenness of the Holy Spirit. Now we're gonna look at what is that spirit, this Holy Spirit and the spirit within us. It is a spirit of power. Power is the first one. Are we on there? Power. Philippians 2, verse 12 to 13 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now, much more in my absence, continue to, do, to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It is God who works in you to will and to act. Can you see something really important here? The fear and trembling remains. That is your human nature. But you are enabled by the power of God that works in you to will or to act. It is power to persevere. It is power to resist temptation. It is power to hold on. And even the most fearful person would die for Jesus with this power. In the book of Acts, the spirit of power 
was upon Peter because he was to face the authorities. This is the same Peter who feared and trembled for his own life when they asked, do you know Jesus? Yeah, does he act me? Right? That same Peter, same human nature, but with the power of God upon him, was willing to die. What Paul means to say here to Timothy is, don't speak like that, Timothy. You're talking like an ordinary person. You're talking like you're alone in this, but you're not. You are not facing the future alone or as an ordinary person. God has given you the spirit of power. So go forward steadily, not worrying. We are tempted to be depressed by these things that we face, but we must say, I have the Spirit in me, and that is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of power. I spoke to somebody the other day, um, it's just about the future, and even about you know, my, my personal future and how things are going with family, and there are some things that we look ahead to and we go, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm scared of that. And this guy said, he's an American guy, and he says, hey, Vince, Faith, faith, right? Sometimes you just got to do it scared. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. The fear and trembling remains. Sometimes you just got to do it scared. But do it nonetheless. For God is in you to will and to act. But the fear and trembling might remain. You might say, God, take this away. But God's saying, do not bung. So they might see that it's not you, but it is me who deserves the glory. Oh, and then love. I'm trying to go as fast as I can. The spirit of love. This is weird. Why the spirit of love for fear? Because love is the opposite to fear. I used to think that faith and sight are like opposites, right? I think that's true. And then I used to think that fear and faith are maybe like Opposite, I'm in fear, I'm in faith, but no. It's fear and love. It is fear that put Jesus Christ on a cross. It is the nails of fear that pierced the hands of love, but love conquered at the end. It is fear of losing their status. I'm so sorry for interrupting your applause. But it's fear of losing their status as Pharisees and Sadducees and leadership in that area that put Jesus on a cross, they had fear. And fear tries to snuff out love. But God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love. Love of the Saviour. It is very much opposites to one another. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out the fear, like we had to drive out that animal, the dead animal, and we had to clean with disinfectant in a bucket and a broom, drive out that terrible smell. Drive it out and overpower it. Because fear has to do with punishment. I'm afraid of something coming because I don't deserve any good. I'm afraid this might happen because I did that or this or said that and didn't forgive this. That's why this is happening to me. Love drives that out. How do you know you are acting in love towards your spouse? Are you saying things 
and behaving in a way that causes them to fear or causes them to love. By the words we say even in our relationships, we might have somebody think, maybe you don't love me. Maybe you will leave me. You must communicate in a way to drive that out. Love drives out fear. We must be set free in this way. Fear killed Jesus. And then, the spirit of love, because as you become absorbed in the love of God, you forget all about self. You see, the main reason we have fear is because we have pride. A preservation of self. But I'm going to implore you to stop looking at self and look at your Savior. Fall in love with Him and you will love what is good and hate what is evil. You have to become so completely in love with Jesus that you forget all about self, self-concern, self-depreciation. Think of the love of the Son, the depth, the height, the breadth, and length of the love of Jesus that surpasses all knowledge, who came from the courts of heaven and endured the spit of sinners and death to reconcile us to Him, self, not thinking of Him, self. What a beautiful Savior. And then love, because it defeats the power of the dog. Okay, lighten up a little bit. (laughs) So maybe you're here today because at the gates of salvation, there's a barking dog. I don't know if it's a small one or a big one. But the enemy plants a barking dog at the gates of salvation. And that barking dog goes, Christianity is just a fairy tale. Stay away. That barking dog goes, you might lose something valuable to you if you follow Jesus. You might lose a limb. You might have laid down your life. Ruff, ruff. The barking dog. Can everybody hear this barking dog? You fear losing your friends. You're going to lose all your friends if you turn to Jesus. Ruff, ruff. <laughs> the prodigal son returns scared. He didn't know what he would be facing. And he thought, I can't can't come to my father in this state. And you think I can't come to God in this state? The barking dog, right? You say, I've got to fix me before I come to Jesus. There's some things, I can't even go to church. It's a miracle that I'm here. Maybe you come to church, you sit there and you're like, but I'm not making a decision just yet because the, the dog's barking. Because I need to maybe, you know, Love silences and defeats the power of that barking dog. He doesn't stop barking. (laughs) But that's fear. That's not love. And the prodigal son decided to return to his father. He had fear in his heart, but his father threw his arms around him, my son. And all of that fear just washes away in the presence of love. 
Would you allow the Father to throw his arms around you today? And would you not listen to that barking dog? And then lastly, a sound mind. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 says, Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have a mind of self-control, of wise judgment, of wisdom and understanding. The word says we must be wise as serpents. We have the spirit of wisdom. So even in a moment of crisis at work or in your family, in loss or in a storm of health issues or marriage, you have been given a sound mind. That spirit of wisdom and a sound mind in that same hour, God is going to give you a sound mind. He will give you the words you need. He will show you the way and he will help you with peace. He will tell you what to say. He will restrain you. Because we are not ordinary people. We are born again. We have the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. You could say that your human nature is a factor in your fear of the future. But we are not controlled by our human nature anymore. We must be led by the spirit of the living God. We put the spirit above our nature. A natural man is controlled by his nature. Some people not by nature are nice. Some people by nature are fearful. But a spiritual, spirit-led person is led by the law of the Spirit of God. And he enables us to do something through our human nature. You are still you. You remain, but you are led by the Spirit. And that is called being submitted to God. Lord, I know my weakness. I see the mountain. But I have been given the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So, to conclude, stir up the spirit that is within you. Stir it up. What's an Afrikaans way for? Ming I don't know. Stir it up. If you're prone to having a fear of something in the future, I want to say to you in the name of Jesus and in the words of Paul, stir up that gift. Because in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, it says, For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame, into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. We must remind ourselves, reprimand ourselves sometimes. Having reminded ourselves of the Spirit in you, you will be able to go steadily forward, fearing nothing, but maybe trembling, remaining, to live in the present, joyful, thankful, ready to create a blessed future to the glory of God. Amen. I wanted to ask if you would stand with me so we can pray about this. Thank you, Stephen. 
Now, I know that we didn't tell too many jokes today, but I hope that the message is coming across. <laughs> and I wanted to invite you today to stir it up. And I'm going to pray, and then in a moment I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask for some people who just needs prayer. Just, you just need prayer. Just one of these amazing people in front here to put their hand on you and to say, Lord, remind this person that they have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind to create a blessed future. I know that there are marriages here today. You're fearful of the future. You're fearful of a repeat of something else. You might be in a marriage second or third time around. I don't know. And there are signs and you don't like the signs you're seeing. But you are not an ordinary person. God has put His Spirit in you. You're looking at things at work or in friendships or in your family. It doesn't make sense. You feel out of control. And you fear something in the future there. We want to stand with you, give you the confidence in God and His Spirit at work that you can create a blessed future. You are not an ordinary person. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, what a great gift Your Word is. We celebrate the love of Your Son. Our Father, that fear was nailed to a cross. Fear has been defeated. Sometimes our trembling might remain as we face the future, but fear's voice is bound and is silent forever. So Father, we pray that you would empower every person here to create a joyful, prosperous, blessed future. That no matter the circumstance, we will say, all glory and honour belongs to our God. So with all eyes closed, I, I don't know who needs prayer today, but we're going to really step into the opportunities to pray for people as a church. And we want to pray for you. So just as we're in this moment of worship, if you want prayer because you've been struggling, the something in the past has caused a fear in the future for you. You don't know how to get through what you're in right now. You feel paralyzed in the present. We want to pray for you. Would you, while all, while all else are closed actually, would you, would you make your way to the front? We want to pray for you. I know this is a brave step to go first. We usually say hands up and then ask you to come to the front. I just want to ask, come to the front. We want to pray for you. We want to lay hands on you. Would you, would you, would you give thanks for people who want to be prayed for? I think it's powerful. I'm going to ask, I'm just going to ask that the prayer team, that the prayer team just starts laying hands on people. Just pray for them, for the spirit of power, for the spirit of love. And I want you to remain in prayer, to remain in worship in this moment as we stand with them. If you still want prayer, please come to the front and we're just going to lay hands on you. You can face the future with confidence, assurance that God is with you. God goes with you. God goes with you. So what if I to feel when the maker of heaven is on my side? Oh, there's only one name and his power can't be denied. What if I to feel when the maker of heaven 
on my side There's only one name and his power can be denied Now what if I to fear when the maker of heaven is on my side Stand with him church, yeah there's only one name and his power can be denied. What if I fear when the maker of heaven is on my side? Oh, there's only one name and his power can be denied. Cause you are my deliverance. Yes, my hope forever. My strong defender, you're the fulfillment of every promise. You are Jesus, you are. We sing, you are mine, cause you are mine. Deliver no more fear, my hope forever, my deliverance. My strong defender, you're the fulfillment of every promise. You are Jesus, you are. Yes, thank you, Father. Yes, thank you, Father. We pray that people be loose from things that have bound them up for years and years and years. We pray that be assured a confidence in your spirit at work in us. You are our great defender. So Father, we pray for those who might be fearing a repeat. Father, would you bring them into assurance that you are going to be present with them. You are our help in time of need. Father, I pray that you would silence lies that have been believed by the enemy so that we can create blessed futures for our children, blessed futures within our church, blessed futures in our marriage, blessed futures in the workplace and in this town. We are not going to succumb to the voice of fear anymore. We have a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, for those of us who are creating blessed futures. We pray that we invite in those and that we would live a life that would silence the voice of fear even in other people. Would you send us, Father? Would you send us like Paul was sent to Timothy to say, you are not an ordinary person. You have the Spirit of God in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise and thanks.